Welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is the podcast where we dish on all things food with your favorite chefs, food influencers, and Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have a content creator followed by millions sharing the secrets behind her pickle brine that is old enough to drive. She is a beloved food influencer, chef, and cookbook author, and also known as Cooking Bomb. It's Vivian Aronson. Vivian, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, doing great. Nice talking with you, Jamie. <laughs> it's so nice to talk to you. More importantly, are you filming any content or working on recipes today? Or is or is uh, Food Network Obsessed your, your only uh, requirement for today? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, today later, um, I'm going to film a little more of my pickle videos. Oh, okay. Well, loving your pickle videos. And we're definitely going to get a little bit more into that later. And we're going to talk all about your creative process. But I want to take it all the way back to really understand how you got here. Before immigrating to the U.S., you grew up in Chengdu, China until age 27. What are your memories of the time there and your very first introductions to food? I grew up with my grandparents. So a lot of uh, my cooking food is really inspired by my grandma. I help her in the kitchen since I was six, seven, yeah, very young. And mm-hmm. I, I had a li- little step stool because so short. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and the stove was tall and it was the walk even taller. So at that time, it wasn't like options you can go out all the time. It wasn't not restaurants back in China. So we eat home every meal, three meals a day. <laughs> what were some of uh, your grandmother's signature recipes? Uh, the One of the recipes, actually is my cookbook. One of my favorites that she always cooked for me is uh, the meatball dish, meatballs. It's called lion's head. Uh, it's a huge meatball. That's why it's like a lion's head. It's big. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what all? What all is in this meatball? In the meatball, it's all in chopped. Actually, the special thing in the meatball is the chopped. What called English? It's called water uh, chestnuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. water chestnuts. Mm-hmm. The chopped, so it gives the texture really tender, really tender texture. Yeah. What what sort of skills and techniques did you learn from her during this time when you're, you know, sit, sitting on the step stool and just like watching everything that she's doing? Yeah. So watching, you know, we, we never had a measuring spoons or anything. I learned how to <laughs> measure with my Chinese eyeballs. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, we mostly uh, we didn't have an oven. So in the Chinese cooking, we use a mostly just wok, you know, the pots cook on the, on the stove cooking. So I learned a lot of the. Uh, uh, scales like how to cook in the wok, the high heat, and a lot of uh, cooking just in a pot steaming or boiling or stew or steam buns. Steam buns, yeah, uh, we make a lot at home. <laughs> so talk to me about um, when you, you know, eventually came to the United States at age 27. What was that, I guess, experience like for you? How much of a, of a culture shock and obviously language learning um, did you have to do? Uh, yeah, first is a language learning. Uh, I probably speak very basic English uh, that time. I was even afraid to order food in a restaurant. I remember the first year. I always say, I always say, why the waitress come over? Say, say, blah, blah, blah. I say, what's she talking about? I like, got my name. Because in China, nobody come over. Hi, my name is, oh, Vivian, uh-huh. I'm your server or something. Uh, then they say so many specials today. I don't know what they're talking about. So my husband, <laughs> my husband always had the order for me. Then 
I took some like a freshman English class, uh, English like a speech uh, class. Mm-hmm. Even even I'm much older than the older kids in school, and I think that helped. But mostly helped me was uh, I was watching a TV show at home. That time is called uh, this very popular show, The Desperate Housewives. Yes, I remember. Remember <laughs> <laughs> that 2005. But I well, probably took me three hours to watch 40 minute show because I have to write down all the words I don't understand. I pause look at the subtitles and write it down, have a little like little notebook. So I look over, oh, here's some new words I learned today from Desperate Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> Hope I learned some good words. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that there were some interesting uh, words that you probably learned that you did not learn in English class. Yeah. <laughs> Why Desperate Housewives? Just because it was so popular at the time, you figured that would be uh, you know a good way to, to kind of learn some of the English slang and that kind of thing? Because I turn on TV first, and my husband loved to watch news. I turn on mm. news, I don't understand what the news even faster. And I find <laughs> so fast, they talk so fast. You know? uh, uh, so I thought, oh, I want some conversational. Uh, I want to talk to people. So I thought, oh, that's where I was surprised, but I watched them, they talk, they don't talk so fast, and they actually have a conversation in people's houses. Yeah, but the whole thing is very new to me. So I said, oh, okay, I watch that show, seems easier than the news. what about like cooking shows did you watch any of those just to to learn names for ingredients or cooking utensils and that kind of thing Uh, so uh the cooking show actually after a year or two living here i start watching more tv because i can understand more Mm -hmm. Uh, food network of course uh, i always watching of course I like to watch some high energy show like a Bobby Flay Throwdown. I thought it was interesting. I watched that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good one for sure. Um, and and now you have four children of your own, your circus, yeah. as you lovingly call them. How do you keep your kids involved and curious in the kitchen? Since they always are around me in the kitchen, I can't avoid them, so I can't just say <laughs> go away. <laughs> no. So they always run there. So when I'm cooking, I always show them the ingredients. A lot of ingredients you. Maybe you, they won't be able to see on TV because on TV, it's a lot of Western cooking, American cooking or other Italian cooking. For example, like a whole fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I li- Actually, I moved here from China. The first place I live is in Minnesota. So in Minnesota, people, when I cook whole fish, I, I have some neighbors. So I invite them to come over sometime. I was shocked that people say, oh, I've never seen a whole fish on the table. <laughs> 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 so I find really whole fish I eat all the time. So that's something I show my kids. I say how I prepare the whole fish. They touch the fish. They learn how to make it. I always let them to touch the food and look at the food. Something different. Some different ingredients. Uh, or or if I make a dough, they feel it, how the dough feeling. So I think mm-hmm. that got their curiosity. They want to help me more. Find the things very interesting. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's great. It's 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 very wholesome and it's so fun to see, you know, them popping their little faces, you know, in, in the camera when you're trying to film and that kind of thing. But I'm sure that, you know, getting their feedback is very honest and you have, you know, amassed this following across all of your different social media f- platforms, including two point six million on TikTok. What compelled you to post that first video? And do you remember what it was? I don't know exactly, but I think that was just film on my phone. I was just mm-hmm. uh, cooking, just uh, like my everyday cooking. I said, oh, what if I just make a video about uh, what I cook for my kids, my family? So I, I was uh, filming something. I was chopping and I was doing a steamy. I think I was a steamed ribs or meat, meat dish. Yeah, uh, it's a traditional Sichuan dish I was making. Yeah. 
And how does your your style kind of evolve since those first videos that you put up there on TikTok? Uh, I think the style involves more probably the talking or the editing style change. So I wouldn't just talk something, drag it too long. I want to fast because a one minute video, you're going to be fast. I want to do the recipe. So it's hard to do it in a minute. So I try to be fast. I also give people a recipe they can actually follow. Sometimes I talk so long in the beginning, then then the the, the minute is done. You know, I can't even <laughs> do a recipe. <laughs> try to be a little fast on my style so I can give the whole recipe. Yeah. yeah. What's the story behind your your handle, Cooking Bomb? First, I started this. I want to do a page. So I thought cooking, of course, the cooking content. I wanted my name was social cooking. Uh, also, I'm from Sichuan, China. And we eat a lot of spicy food. The, the, the chili pepper I use and doubai is another chili bean paste I use all the time. So it's kind of like a bomb explosion, mm. spicy. So I said, oh, perfect. That would be my name. <laughs> <laughs> what... What was the moment that you realized that, you know, things were starting to pick up some traction, go viral, and people were obviously loving and engaging with your content. And you had like this moment where you're like, okay, this might be, I might be onto something here. Yeah. So for a while, probably my video just getting 100 views, 200 mm-hmm. views. Uh, I said, oh, okay. Uh not great but not bad there's some 200 people watching me <laughs> and then one day and then then i was i remember the summer i did a video that was uh barbecue lamb skewers and then suddenly got a lot of views that video i said oh are people really like uh, some traditional recipe so i did lamb skewer spicy lamb skewer i was uh, grilling on my backyard the different that i did is uh, i did I, I like to do some video effects so that kind of so I was preparing a lamb skewer. Then I put it. I said, "Okay, let me just go to the backyard through the window." So I just like, a, <laughs> so I just jumped through the window. I was outside. Okay, it's just of course like a video editing magic. Mm-hmm. People saw this was funny. And then I jumped to the backyard with my tray of a lamb skewer, start barbecuing. Uh, I also showed the recipe how to make it. Um, yeah, people find it interesting, and yeah, it was fun. I mean, what's that feeling like to to know that you are reaching so many people across the world and, you know, maybe introducing them to a cuisine that they are not super familiar with? That's funny that when I realize that people, they always say, oh, I'm from or they give me a comment, say, oh, thank you. Um, I actually live in Germany. I actually got <laughs> a fan, fan mail from Germany, handwritten letter. So this oh, girl wow. who grew up there. Uh, didn't know about Chinese culture, but she's Chinese. She okay. was adopted by a, a family there. So she wow. wrote me this letter. I really, uh, it's something I really feel good and uh, help people understand the culture. She said, um, thank you for helping me to understand the Chinese culture. I actually, I, I was adopted. I never had a chance to go back. So I watch your videos. Oh, I'm so touched oh. by what words she said. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, your your videos, you know, as you've kind of mentioned, focus primarily on cooking, creating, tasting Asian recipes and snacks. How much of what you cook is familiar to you and how much of it is something maybe you are researching and trying for the first time? Uh, I will also do something new. So probably I would say 70% is uh, something I'm familiar with. I would just film what I cook for my family every day. And then 30% I want to do something new. It's more about Western cooking. So I do more research. For example, 
Uh, baking is something I learned when I moved here from China because I wasn't baking much in China. I think I even have an oven. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I want to do some more baking, say Asian dessert. I need a baking. So I will be blending some Western technique with Asian dessert. So that's something I'm going to research on. Yeah. And, and what's your process like for deciding, you know, which recipes you're going to create or display on your social media or, you know, just the kind of content that you want to create on a daily basis? On a daily basis, actually, it's the food I'm going to cook today for my family. Because all the food that I cook, they eat my kids, my husband, they all eat the food. So I was watching the videos, uh, the, the creators, uh, they cook these fancy food. They have nobody to eat with, I guess. A lot of times I'm like, who's <laughs> eating that food? Oh, my neighbor. I gave it to my neighbor. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, so but, um, I, my family actually eat all the food. So I, I will plant the content and so my family will eat it. So it wouldn't be any waste. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. I mean, have you ever made something that they all just absolutely hated? <laughs> oh, yeah. You got right. Recently, I posted a video. I made a pig ears. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And my husband, my kids actually eat the most of stuff I cook. My husband even tastes chicken feet, but he just cannot take the pig ear texture. He said, okay. <laughs> yeah. And the people really hate, I hate it. I said, your husband's so unrespectful. He <laughs> comments about him. I, he said, yeah, now I'm a, now I'm a hated man on the internet like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so tell him not to look at the comments yes yes <laughs> i mean what's your what's your production process like do you really film and edit everything on your own yes yes i i have two cameras i pop on the tripod nobody's filming me so i always film myself and I edit the videos myself I mean, did you, is that something you just kind of had to teach yourself? Like, how did that whole process come about? Actually, it's so, so funny that back 2005, I moved here, I have no friends, no, uh, my family's all in China, my friends in China. So that time I had a lot of free time. So I started actually making videos, but cooking video back then wasn't popular. <laughs> yeah. So there is a Chinese video platform, it's called 56.com. So okay. it's like a YouTube type. I think YouTube wasn't even started at the time. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> so I just sit home. I got this video cam with you recording on a tape, this small tape. Oh, so I started making those videos about my life and uh, some like a lip sync. I'm the one of the first one making lip sync videos back then. <laughs> so <laughs> You're I, a trendsetter. <laughs> yeah. So I post these uh, fun videos, a little editing effects, like a singing or life. I would travel a lot with my husband. So traveling on a Chinese platform because I, I didn't speak much English. So I actually got popular. Oh, okay. In China, I had a following there that time. Uh, so I had an experience like uh, making videos back then. But I stopped making videos until yeah, 2019 to 2020 and start making cooking videos again. So I have the actually a little scale back then. So I had to pick it up and then I'm going to do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now you've got the, all the, the different fancy, you know, apps and, and computer programs that can, yeah. can help make that a little bit easier. They're, they're I easier, a lot easier. And <laughs> you, on TikTok, you can even use just the phone with the yep. green screen effect. Uh -huh. Back then, I had actual real green screen. You did? Box. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you had quite the production setup going, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite recipe or video that you've done to date? Uh, favorite recipe. Yeah, still my meatballs. I cook a lot for my kids too. <laughs> I probably gonna make again tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you make those meatballs? 
oh, at least so once a week or every other week. Yeah. And how many, you know, people out there do you think have made those meatballs now? 10,000 meatballs or more. <laughs> <laughs> the people always tag me, tag me in there. If I said, please just tag me if you make the dish from my videos or book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's that like to see, you know, not only, you know, you get these comments or, or the letter that you had mentioned, but you actually get to see like photos or videos of people making the recipe that you taught them over, over the internet. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Nowadays it was the internet. You can teach, uh, teach something just over, maybe that person live on the other side of the world. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. No, it's so cool. What are some of the other go-to meals around the house, aside from the meatballs that your family loves? Uh, noodles. Uh-huh. Sichuan style noodles. I, I, I eat noodles a lot. When I grew up, probably three or four times a week, the lunch is noodles. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, so, so noodles is like a quick meal for me. So if I have something... Even I think, oh, I don't have time to cook, but I always have time to make a quick noodle dish for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, let's talk about the 16-year-old pickle brine. Almost 17, I Almost saw. 17. I'm going to make a birthday video. When, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what? Uh, what's the actual birth date of the pickle brine? I believe uh, it's uh, August, but I never like write down the birthday, so I'm okay. going to decide her birthday. It's in August uh, 20, 20 something, 20, the end of this month. Yeah. I mean, how did this pickle brine come to be? I mean, it kind of reminds me of everybody's, you know, prize sourdough starters that we were hearing all mm-hmm. about, you know, during the pandemic, but you have this, this pickle brine that's been going for almost 17 years now. How did it start and how do you maintain it? Uh, when start, uh, when I started is even before I moved here, I said, I'm, I'm going to make pickles. That's some tradition in my uh, home government as a grandma we always have pickle jar in the kitchen have fresh mm. all the, uh, pickles all the time uh, so I got a pickle jar in Chengdu in 2005 before I moved here and it's a clay jar uh, I actually hold the jar wrap it with a fabric or a scarf I forgot it's carry on I didn't want to break it you carried it on the yeah, plane I carried it on the plane with my pickle jar yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is obviously before, uh, you know, the, the three ounce restrictions. Um, oh, no, no, but... it's empty, empty jar, empty jar. Oh, it was empty. So yeah, wait, empty. the jar was empty. Yeah, okay. empty jar. Just be, I was worried if I put in a check bag on a break. And I, yeah. I, I just know you, I would not get this pickle jar uh, somewhere in Minnesota. You know, I would not get it. Yeah, so I um, brought an empty jar uh, to Minnesota. Then I said, I'm going to start this uh, pickle bar. And so I started the recipe, the jar. But the, the pickle brine only takes a l- long time to get the right bacteria to taste good. Probably at least three to six months. Yeah, to taste good. And then do you have to do anything, you know, to maintain it like you do with like a sourdough starter? Or is it just because you use it so often, it just continually like, you know, collects more flavors and that kind of thing? Uh, you do have to take care of like a baby to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a water seal around the jar. That's how that keep the bad stuff a bacteria out of the pickle brine so the water seal have to constantly have to watch oh it's dry if it's dry you forgot about it then your pickle brine will go bad it's like you you forgot to uh put the lid on your jar if you're mm-hmm. doing canning food so that's a seal so you have to always keep an eye on if it's not dry out so people always ask me what do you do you don't go on vacation what do you do is vacation yeah <laughs> yes. what do you do <laughs> <laughs> so if it's a week vacation one week I just put a plastic wrap uh, around the jar on the top, with, uh, just cover the water part. So that usually will keep the water there for a week or two weeks. That's fine. 
I said, if you go on a longer vacation, I could go back to China for one month, right? And there's a little trick is I will clear out the water seal. I will pour in carefully, pour in some vegetable oil. So the oil never dry. So kind of oil uh, seal the jar. When I come back, I just carefully clean the oil because it, uh, if there's a one drop of oil get into the pickle blender, that will go bad. So oh. I carefully clean the oil, I wash the, the lid, everything. So put my water back on the seal. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. is that is some dedication to this pickle brine. It is like it's like your fifth child. Almost. Yeah, fifth child. So once I forgot. My <laughs> you did forget what so happened. I forgot to cover the, the jar that was a water seal gonna dry out. I called a friend to my house, rescue the jar. <laughs> did you have to walk your friend through it? Like this is exactly what you need to do? Were you on FaceTime? Like how did that work? I just on the phone, I said, please, I forgot to add a water, where to add a water. I said, please get a plastic wrap it just wrap on top and then she actually did everything for me <laughs> that's amazing yeah uh what are some of your favorite things to pickle there's a vegetable called the saltis it's wassering chinese a green vegetable it mm. peel the skin that's a, one of my favorite uh vegetables to pickle since my pickle brand is you know older that that will be ready like two or three hours oh very wow quick. yeah so very fresh we call the so means you take a shower so quick so shower pickle, shower pickle, shower pickle. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Coming up next, Vivian tells us what it was like to write her cookbook and making dessert dumplings for the Food Network digital series TikTok Challenge. Well, you published your first book last year. Congratulations, by the way. Thank um, you. The Asian Market Cookbook. And obviously, publishing a cookbook is a lot of work yeah. to begin with, but publishing one in your second language, I'm sure, is no easy feat. So I, yeah. I do want to recognize like how incredible that is. Thank you. What was the process like? The process, I, I made a list about what kind of recipe I want to make. Since it's about Asian market, so there are categories, the ingredients I use each category. Then under this category, uh, for example, dry spices, I will have like a 10 recipes. I use those spices and uh, mm. uh, how you pick out the spices. Yeah. And from the market. What are some of your favorite recipes from the book? I mentioned meatballs, of course. You of have course. to cook some meatballs from the book. And uh, also the fresh noodles, dandan noodles. Mm. Uh, that's one of my favorite. And dumplings. That's all okay. the dish I make all the time. What are some kitchen staples that everyone needs if they want to kind of dive into recreating and cooking some of your recipes? Uh, first thing you need, the soy sauce. Mm. I mentioned in my book, uh, a lot of people said that their food tastes a bit different. They probably use the wrong soy sauce. So I have the brand recommended in the book and what kind of soy I like to use the aged soy sauce. It just make a big difference mm. um, in the cooking. Not If you use uh, soy sauce from like you're dipping sushi in, it's a totally different taste, the Japanese mm. soy sauce for sushi. So you have to get the right soy sauce, Chinese vinegar, and cooking wine, Chinese mm. cooking wine. Yes. And Sichuan peppercorn is one of my favorite dry ingredients. Have you tasted it before? I love, yes, oh, I love okay. it. I love yeah. like the tingly yeah. feeling that you get. Yeah. My boyfriend isn't so sure. He, he Every Not time sure. he has it, he's like, I don't, what's going on? I'm like, it's the Sichuan it, peppercorn. <laughs> you just have to give it to him more. No. I know, I know. Just like feed him more of that. <laughs> no, he more. likes it, but he's just like, wait, what is this? What's happening? <laughs> no, I love it. 
Well, you were also speaking of dumplings on an episode of the Food Network digital series TikTok Challenge, where you made some gorgeous, transparent dessert dumplings mm. with fruit. Um, so first of all, tell me a little bit about, um, the, you know, kind of coming up with that recipe and what the challenge was and uh, why you decided on dessert. I always make dumpling with meat and spicy dipping sauce. I thought that's just, you know, people always seen that kind of be boring. Uh, I'm making that again. Mm-hmm. I want to make a dumpling people don't think about. It's a dessert. So I thought, oh, I'm going to make a dessert. And also it's something easy for people to find to make it. And so the filling, just fresh, fresh fruit and different color. I want to show the inside the filling. I thought maybe I make a transparent. You know, people can actually see the filling. Your meat dumplings, you never really see the filling. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know you don't know why you're eating, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. They were beautiful and definitely, yeah, like inviting to eat. You're like, I know what's in there. I want to try that. You know, you mentioned that you later on after you had moved to the United States started watching a little bit of Food Network. Did you imagine at the start of your, you know, journey a couple of years ago that you would be able to collaborate with a brand like Food Network? Oh, never. In my dream, <laughs> I would clap with the Food Network and ever. Yeah. So I would just start, oh, just cooking at home. The mom cook for my kids. Never saw my food people would love so much. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Uh, what are some of your favorite Food Network shows? Oh, I said that the Bobby Flay Throwdown, I watch a lot and the Chopped. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> a classic. The classic. I always want to say, you know, who made it to the end? And that's always very fun to see that process. Do you think that there's a Food Network show that you could be a competitor on and win? Competitor on win. Might want to try Chop, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Is there like a Food Network personality out there that you would want to be besties with, like Bobby Flay, or is there somebody else that you you think you would get along with really well? I, I think him. He's he's the first one I was watching, and his English is easy to understand. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So Bobby Flay helped you uh, learn English, and also um, you know exposed you to some of the the Western cooking as well. Western cooking, yes, yes, because uh, he cooks so different from me. Um, yeah, I wonder if he can make my meatballs. Yeah, maybe not. Ma- oh. maybe, maybe beat Bobby Flay would be a good one as yeah, well. You yes. can go on there with your signature meatball recipe for yeah. sure. Yes. <laughs> well, this has been so much fun. We are going to finish off with a few rapid fire questions for you. And then we have one final question that we ask all of our guests here on Food Network Obsessed. Yes. Okay. Favorite Lay's flavor? Oh, you know, I, recently I got a Lay's flavor you probably never had. Hot pot. Uh, no, I have not had that. Yeah, it's only available in Asian market. I even made a video about the lace flavor in one video. I thought I got five, six, five, six uh, flavors. I was eating with my kids, testing out. I really like the hot pot one and the spicy pepper, spicy peppercorn in there. It tastes really good. And a the, beer flavor. Have you tried beer flavor? No. Oh, oh my beer gosh. There's, flavor. There's oh a God. whole world of, of Lay's potato chips that I have not tried. Yeah. What, what about the hot pot? flavor like did it did it actually you know kind of have some of those those signature flavors of a hot pot uh, yeah spicy and i also i, I actually can taste the shrimp popcorn they're numbing tingling there i really love yeah wow uh best way to scramble an egg uh chopsticks of course uh <laughs> scramble the egg with chopsticks is the best the chopsticks is the best too i use uh 90 percent of the time for my cooking a lot 
Yeah. Chinese tradition that you love sharing with your family. Uh, Chinese tradition is uh, I make a big meal on Chinese New Year. Oh, yeah. Love yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, what's your advice for when a recipe fails? Uh, when the recipe fails, but I think the food still my when my recipe fails, I still eat the food because okay. it tastes probably good a different way. I still yeah. tell my kids to eat it, even if <laughs> even if it doesn't look good. <laughs> Favorite sweet treat? Huh? Sweet treat? You know, like growing up, uh, I had a lot of Asian Asian stuff, so I still like uh, Chinese mooncake. Okay. Uh, something made of beans. My husband's right. <laughs> and so his favorite treat is chocolate. So he doesn't think beans are desserts. So the sweet bean paste. No. <laughs> Most used word in the kitchen. Most word used in kitchen. It probably is in, uh, probably is in Chinese. But I can translate. I said. Okay. 吃饭了. So that means I'm screaming my kids to come have dinner. Dinner's ready. <laughs> Dinner's ready. It. Dinner's ready. Yeah. Uh, your favorite TikTok follow? My favorite TikTok follow. There's just, uh, there's just so many. Since I cook Chinese food, there is a creator. He cooks a lot of meat and mm-hmm. it's Western cooking a steak. I always want to learn a technique how to cook a good steak. So his uh, handle is the uh, Max, the meat guy. So I watch a yes. lot of these. Yeah, you know him. Yeah, <laughs> I know him. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, kitchen tool you could never part with. Taking to of course my walk. Yes, yeah, of always course. on my walk. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So our our final question, and this is what we ask everybody at the end of our interviews, and that is, what would be on the menu for your perfect food day? So we want to hear. Hmm. What you're eating for breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. There are no rules. So you can travel. You can time travel. Hmm. Anyone can cook these meals for you. You can cook them whatever you want. We just want to hear what your ideal menu is for a perfect food day. Perfect food day. Uh, Most of on the menu probably be my favorite Chinese food. (laughs) (laughs) And in the morning, I will want a bowl of congee with some steamed buns. Mm, lunchtime it'll be bowl of spicy noodles and and dinner time always come with like three dishes plus a soup three dishes it could be you know stir fried meat with some vegetable and there's maybe a cold dish also yeah usually another vegetable dish always a a soup of course it was a soup and uh, growing up I wasn't even allowed to drink water on the table my grandma said don't eat drinking water. There's soup. Drink soup. So we eat, <laughs> we eat Chinese meal. There's no drink. We just eat rice, all the dishes, and soup. That's why I drink and soup. soup. <laughs> and <laughs> for right. dessert part, no dessert. <laughs> no dessert. No dessert. Not even a mooncake? Yeah, uh, usually mooncake, I only have a moon fashion. I'm just saying growing up, I know dessert. But here, I wouldn't like dessert because here are so many options of Western dessert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, have a piece of cake or, yeah, just, oh, oh I, actually, I like Creme brulee. That would be my perfect oh. meal. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Topping it off with some creme brulee. Creme brulee, yeah. Well, it's been so much fun getting to know you and hearing your story. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Jamie. It was so fun talking with you. Such a lovely conversation with Vivian. And you can catch her episode of TikTok Challenge now on foodnetwork.com. 
Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review. We love it when you do that. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies next Friday. Bye. 